Welcome to Inside Jokes. This is about the art of comedy. With Sandra Carusi. We get in the mind of the comic. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That's right. That's what we do. We get in the mind of the comic. Not sure if that's a good idea or not, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> With my co-host Dean Young. Hello, I, sir. I just want to say that I'm loving that new intro. Are you? That's brand new. It's pretty official The new global news. Yeah, listen to you. Yeah. I like the music. It's everything. It's, it has a new energy to it. Yeah, I sound a little depressed, which is accurate. <laughs> That's perfect for comedy, though. Perfect. Uh, I'm really excited uh, today, as I am often, but today's a very special day because we have a little bit of Canadian comedy royalty. Absolutely. People say that. They throw that crap around. It just makes me sick. But it's true. <laughs> this time it's true. The, you probably just caught that laugh, too. The, the ha! I love that laugh. Huh? Canadian comedy royalty. I guess it means I was born with an extra digit, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Big ears. Yeah, something. And you married your yeah, cousin. Yeah. yeah, well, you know. If you haven't figured it out, it's Ron James, award-winning Canadian comedian, actor, and writer-performer. Um, of course, you know him from Black Fly and the Ron James Show. And, of course, a bajillion CBC comedy specials, or not, if not more than a bajillion. Ron. I just finished my ninth, so Your it's ninth. not really wow. a bajillion, but thanks. Uh, JFL, Comedy Festival, of course. Uh, you've been on Conan O'Brien. I love Conan. Isn't he great yeah, for he featuring? Is yeah, he, he, yeah, that was a... Uh, that was uh, an anomaly when he came here that time. Yes. Jeez, I think it must have been 2004. Yeah. And I was getting phone calls from people who I hadn't heard from in 1984 saying, uh, can you get me a ticket? And I said, geez, I can get you a kidney quicker. <laughs> you know, Toronto went squirrely. And, yes. Uh, went yeah. to, not like squirrely. For Con- when he and, Con- We're talking about when Conan broadcast here yeah, for yeah. that week. Yeah. Yeah, and what was in honor of what would do, what would we have? The Olympics were here. Uh, I think it on? was to revitalize Toronto after the yes. Stars uh, escapade. That's, yeah, we yes, had thank uh, you. Conan came in, and we've we had that big uh, Rolling Stones concert around that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of yeah. Rolling Stones concert, Ron James, uh, his big uh, uh, New Year's Eve special is coming back again. You yeah. do it every year. Every year, yeah. I start writing uh, in uh, July with my uh, colleagues, uh, Mr. Paul Pogue and. Scott Montgomery, I say I have the good fortune to have Marcel Prost in my left ear and Karl Marx in my right. <laughs> and uh, so we, uh, we come at the game from uh, three different perspectives. And, uh, it, I mean, it's a real challenge to write these specials because you want to make sure that what you're talking about has a shelf life. Yes. And uh, the first five I wrote myself, which were regionally themed, wow. I went right across the country. And, Jesus. you know, I started my first one here at the Winter Garden with Row Between My Ears, which was more or less an... Uh, uh, a comedic uh, travelogue embracing the virtues of people and place, which became a template for uh, the future ones, uh, you know, Quest for the West, Alberta and Saskatchewan, West Coast Wild, BC, then Back Home, which looked at Atlantic Canada, and then the uh, Manitoba Bound. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I got into the series, and um, I had a great writing team there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, perhaps we could talk about the room later. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I moved into the specials when they canceled the series. They said we'd still like you to do a special. I thought that's great. Yeah. And uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Paul and 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 Scott and uh, Lynn Harvey, uh, my producer, who's produced all the specials and my series. I've worked with her for twelve years. Uh, you know, one of the hardest working women in Canadian show business, mm-hmm. uh, who has an exemplary eye. And uh, when you look at Roll Between My Ears, my first special shot at the uh, Winter Garden Theater with an entirely different production team, it really is remarkable um, how the um, 
how somebody can raise the brand and the product on all levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, you you just don't achieve this by yourself, even though I did yes. pour the foundation for 15 years across the country. Yeah. Let's talk about that <clears throat> quickly. So just so people understand, when we do see stand-up specials with comics like Ron James, there is a bunch of people behind the scenes, of course. And like he said, they start off writing their own material in the first special or so. And um, But when you're in Ron James' shoes and you grow to a certain level, you have a team. And when he talks about shelf life, of course, if you're writing two months before the event, oh, that's yeah. too far. You and can't write two days no. before the event no, to have these, a shelf life. And you get comedy blue now too you know <laughs> no you do because uh because everything's changing nanosecond fast oh. yeah i mean terra firma has become terra incognito overnight <laughs> yeah. and uh for instance we had a joke in the last show that quickly became obsolete um we hit the stage about the time the uh um, accusations and charges were levied against Weinstein. Yes. And I said, that guy's got so many sexual assault charges against him. Next thing you know, he'll be running for president. <laughs> and, but on the day, in the moment... Feel free to laugh out loud. Don't yeah. block out your mics, guys. It, uh, it, 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 the That's audience hilarious. exploded. But then the network said, you know, a month later, look, this is, this is passe. Well, uh, and that's that's always been one of my favorite things about you in particular, because a lot of Canadians know you as sort of you're you're basically a Canadian comedy, you know, Wayne Rodstad. Just this week I'm in small town Saskatchewan, you know, this week yeah. I'm in this city. But you do you are very good at keeping things fresh and in the moment, and very political. You get into a lot of politics as well. Yeah, I do, and uh, you know, with all due reference, uh, a deference to the towns that I've played, and the places I've been. Uh, I mean, you have to. Um, you have to accept the fact that if you're going to be playing in a country of 37 million people, if you're going to make a living, you're going to have to play the small rooms as well as the mm. large rooms. Absolutely. You know, I mean, in my day, I got two sold out uh, shows out of the Windspear. That's a 2000 seater. And, uh, wow. I just, you know, I just put 1500 in there. Wow. But, but I also played, um, you know, I also played Fort St. John, right? North of Grand Prairie. Yeah. But uh, it's how you look of at it. Of 20 people. No, yeah. no, no, not 20, 450. Oh, wow. Bolino Theater? But, but uh, I believe so. But yeah. I had to drive back through freezing rain and I had to chip uh, two centimeters of, of, uh, of icy armor off yes. my card in order to make the drive Jesus. back through, you know, elk jumping country. <laughs> and to me, that's... That's part of the Campbellian journey. That's that's the reward of following your bliss. I want to talk about that because Jay Leno, of course, always did that. He'd literally fly from the Tonight Show to some small town, right, Ron, and do yeah. like a room. And you, you mentioned earlier we're going to talk about the room, yeah, as we call them. Sure. And um, that's so important, right, yes. to what we do. So we'll talk more with the Royal Her Highness, His Sir Highness. I don't even know how to say it. But I just want to say Ron James. Okay. His Grace. Yeah. His Grace. Ron James. After the break. On Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Sandra Cruci on Inside Jokes, showcasing the best in comedy. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Sandra Carusi, and uh, this is Inside Jokes and uh, the show about comedy. And uh, we don't just sit here, do vaudeville and stuff, make you laugh. Sometimes we just talk with comics for the most part. And uh, we've got a pretty big guy in the room. He's just barely fit in the room. Mr. Ron James. <laughs> right, right. We know Ron James from all those CBC specials and uh, TV shows uh, like Black Fly and the Ron James show. And he just keeps going. He's got a, your New Year's Eve uh, event you do every year. Yeah. What's the venue? Uh, we shot the venue this year. We shot up the road this year at Guelph. 
And uh, but I just got back from a, a 19-day tour across the snowy west. Oh dear. Yeah, and um, so you know, it's um, each seems to complement the other. And uh, when we start writing it, we started writing it in uh, early July, actually. Wow. Okay. So for New Year's Eve, so we talked about that, and that's one of the things about comedy, about shelf life, and this, you know, Dean Young here, the co-host, who is frequently in the clubs almost every night. Uh, even us guys, the shelf life on our jokes are barely like I might come up with something in the day I want to use that night and might right. be gone by the way the news is going. Right? Yeah, Ron? that's true. Yeah. Uh, so we try to take broader strokes with the specials mm-hmm. rather than live in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that it's going to have legs six months down the road. And <clears throat> excuse me, this year has been a particular challenge. Uh, only because, you know, so much has changed. I mean, yeah. you know, Trudeau lost his footing. And uh, I think the yeah. sheen's off that pumpkin. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we've got uh, a new form of, uh, 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 you know, prairie populism metastasizing in the West. Uh, that's taken, uh, you know... Uh, Meaning what? Prairie well, populism. Well, I just think that it's um, it's just so contentious of the East. Mm-hmm. And um, oh. uh, I think it's influenced... They're not over it yet? Well, it's all got that religious connotation to the back end of it, yeah. right? You know, it's, uh, you know, playing to the base, throwing red meat to the base. And uh, although, uh, you know, I love the West, I love the land, uh, I'm not a fan of, uh, uh, I'm not a fan of Jason Kennedy, uh, uh, of Jason Kenny, nor of, um, nor of, uh, uh, of Shear. And, uh, you know, you know, show me a conservative comedian and I'll show you when it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you, you know, I let- mean, you just don't find that. However, uh, let me preface that, you um, when we started writing the special, mm. um, uh, The High Road, uh, you know, we were given so much material to digest in the daily run uh, uh, of a 24-hour news cycle that you have to pick something that's going to be a, an iconic uh, milestone for the year that will mm-hmm. certainly have legs over time. Mm-hmm. And so how the New Year's specials have evolved uh, is that uh, they are a look at the year in review and a look at where we're going and they're structured thematically. And uh, But this year, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sneaking up on 60 and I lost my dad last summer. Oh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, and so, I mean, you have to address those things. And, uh, and uh, Can we I, talk about that? I just yeah. lost my mom two weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, it's hard. and it's hard. And so... You say we have to address these things. So you mean on stage, you you incorporate it into? Well, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's been these uh, uh, there've been these uh, points in my career. I remember I hit the stage a month after 9/11, and um, that's fun for comics. Well, I knew that that was the subtext of the room. Yeah, and uh, I found a way through that. That was a huge learning curve for me. So you addressed it, but kind of yeah, yeah. That must have been the hardest. Well, a lot of comics have talked about that over time, the whole 9-11, how to address it. Well, you know, it did. And uh, it, it, uh, it taught me a lesson that, you know, you have to, you have to move forward and that you have to try, uh-huh. to try to make sense of the chaos we're all walking through in the language of laughs mm. and, uh, uh, you know, connect the dots, uh, give a roadmap of sorts. Because you were saying earlier about... Uh, about you know um, comedy in hospitals and comedy for the ill and such and, and I get that all the time when I'm on the road. Hey, you know, uh, you know, I gotta get some DVDs for my, you know, my brother-in-law who's ill or or, mm-hmm. or my sister or drop by mm-hmm. to see this and 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 that and it's uh, you know I don't want to get too uh, maudlin about the whole work but um, it's healing and those of us who follow our craft and our bliss and are dedicated to the uh, the calling. 
Yes. And, and just aren't here, just aren't in it to get somewhere. Or to be famous. That's, oh, that's the worst. It's one. so bogus. It's like Billy Connolly said, you know, chase fame, see what that does to your soul. And to quote, yeah. uh, 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 you know. Right. Uh, a a fate this... worse than fame. It, it's bogus. It's bull. And I think that um, it's hit its high watermark. Yes. And you see how corrupt and toxic uh, the pursuit of it is. Yes. And its rewards. Because, listen, a rainy Monday for a famous person is 10 times wetter than one you'll ever feel. Yes. Well, and yeah. I think that's that's the power of comedy, too, right? Like, the, if we can't address the darker, scarier, more mysterious things in life and laugh about it, mm-hmm. like, that takes that takes the sting out of that stuff anyways, you know? Like, I remember after 9-11... Um, Lauren Michaels came back on the first SNL and Rudy Giuliani yes, was mayor, of course, right. at the time. He came up and Lauren said, is it okay to laugh now? Yeah. You know? Yes. And right. that was it. Comedy was the first thing we But I will tell you, though, to. once you step beyond the myopic perimeter of the big smoke or, or hmm. Vancouver yeah. and, and, and into the big wide open. I mean, listen, man, I was getting audiences going quiet when I turned on Timmy's. I yeah, mean, you yeah. know, you know, you Canada. can't turn on Tim uh, Hortons. I want to hear you that better. Bit. You better because I'll tell you, uh, Canadians have a dysfunctional deference for authority, and that's uh, you know we had wow. one rebel voice, Louis Riel, and they hung him 140 yes, years ago. Thank you. They would have hung you on that with, Timmy. And thing. neither liberals nor conservatives have pardoned the guy, so you know you got to be doing something right when Ottawa hates your guts that long. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, politicians have free reign to say whatever they want, but when a comedian hits yeah. the mic in Canada, he's got to toe the party line, which is just. Because Just for Laughs hits the road, uh, and they're sponsored by uh, the feds, they're sponsored by the Quebec uh, provincial government, yes. uh, they're sponsored by the National Post, and they're sponsored by Bo's Beer, yeah. and there's no Canadians on the bill. What's that about? What's it's that about? It's interesting you said. What's yeah, that I know. About? And it's all, yeah, that's Let's true. Let's talk more with Ron James on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Akeem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, Thank Global you. News Radio, yes, 640 nice to Toronto, with Sir Ron James. And we're talking about Louis Riel. And no, Ron James is not around with Louis Riel. <laughs> Just want to Surprisingly clarify. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> but off mic, uh, we had um, we were talking about Louis and how he should be pardoned. Yes. And why Trudeau hasn't done it yet, because he's in the mood for pardoning and all this great stuff. Yeah. But um, he is not. Well, the Métis about... only got the right to vote in the 1960s. It yeah. wasn't oh, even... my God. And women didn't even get the right to vote who were Métis because of the uh, um, of their dubious um, uh, tribal status. Isn't that correct? And I don't we... know the semantics, and I don't want to get into that, but I do know that we were talking about the deference for authority and, and how necessary it is yes. to speak truth to power right. and to tip the apple cart. And, um, do you uh, think that's our job as comedians? Well, you know, it, it, it's... One has to be affably subversive in Canada when you're going to tip the Mm -hmm. apple cart because we weren't sired by two revolutions, by the Revolutionary War uh, in America and by the Civil War and by uh, uh, numerous uh, violent altercations that uh, desperately tried to change the social network. And now we're having a renaissance of Jim Crow days with the... um, uh, the sanction of, of, of white racists and Nazism by numbnuts in the White House. Yes. Uh, and uh, look, uh, look at the phrases that came from America. And I'm not saying it's a better country. I'm just saying that a rebel voice uh, was seated there. Uh, these are the times that try men's souls. Give me liberty or give me death. We're in Canada. We always have time for Tim Hortons. So, you know, there's a whole there's a whole different uh, approach to what we're ready to uh, accept from our comedians. Uh, and um, 
uh, I had a wonderful run across the West, but I had an interesting moment on stage in Calgary at the Jack Singer Theater. We had a thousand in the theater, and um, I was ranting on about uh, you know giving our, uh, our our water away to America in the free trade agreement. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, if we're going to be giving our water away free, why don't we give it to our indigenous communities? Uh, s- some of those reservations have had to boil their water for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. you'd be safer drinking water from a piston puddle at the Moigadishu dump <laughs> than you would from. Uh, uh, one of the boreal gulags stretched across Canada's northern tree line. If brown water were coming out of the oh, taps gosh. in a tony corner of Canada like Westmount, Rosedale, or Kitsilano, it'd be yeah. fixed faster than a horny horse in the Mounties musical <laughs> ride. Come on, Justin. Come on, Justin. It's plumbing. How hard can it be? Take a course at Home Depot. And you know so, what? Yeah. I felt the barometric pressure drop with a thousand <laughs> oh. people. And you could hear a pin drop. Oh, yeah. Now, some people said, oh, you didn't wait for the laugh. And I said, no, I waited for the laugh. People are afraid to. They were afraid to laugh. It wasn't that it wasn't funny. But it's a, it, what I'm talking about is speaking truth to power and toppling yeah. these toppling these sacred icons that Canadians hold dear. I mean... Uh, like Tim Hortons, like Trudeau. Uh, uh, well, like, yeah, well, well <laughs> I, I think Timmy's has had its day. But, when, you know, I really... I really think that, I mean, had its day in terms of, you know, worshiping at the altar of it. It's American-owned now anyway, and, mm-hmm. and the owners are up in arms. But, you know, where you can go and what you can do. You know, I, I, uh, I've I noticed in my travels over the years, that, and I, and I can't emphasize this enough, if you want to travel the country and make a living, you have to um, learn how to run the ball before you throw long. And you've got to take your time to figure out what it is that makes a place tick off the right. top. Do so your Just, homework. You don't think Justin had a clue going in what he was doing? Is that what you're trying to say? No, not at all. I oh. think, no, 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 no. We're no. not on the Justin thing, sorry. No, I think that Justin that. is doing uh, as good a job as he can. Nobody peddles soft power like the liberals. And uh, we certainly needed a breath of fresh air um, um, after Helmethead and his neocons, uh, <laughs> you know, took Canada to hell in a handcart. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Justin's heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. uh, but there's still, you know, just because they were a breath of fresh air to the conservatives doesn't mean that you shouldn't hold a politician's hands yes. over the fire. I right. mean, look, we're still doing business with China. We're still doing yeah. business with Saudi Arabia. and uh, Selling arms. Selling arms to Saudi Arabia, you yeah. know. And so these are things that that I think Canadians, yes, they're issues, but Canadians have to catch up to you on these issues. You can't be ahead of the bell curve. And I, I think we haven't addressed a lot of that stuff too, right? Because especially right now, we have a habit of looking at the states and going, well, look how much better we're doing. They have segregation, but we have that. We have a third world country, as you mentioned, up north, all of these reservations that are just so third sad. world conditions, but we kind of yeah. turn a blind eye to it. And we go, but we, yeah. uh, we didn't, we never had slavery. We never, we have our own issues that we just haven't fixed. Uh, yes. And you can hit those issues provided they're cushioned. Let me emphasize this. Provided they're cushioned with big, broad laughs. I mean, you know, it's like uh, Bill Hicks used to say, you always got to have a couple of jokes tucked in your back pocket. Yes. Right? That's what I say when I get on a heavy topic. I go, don't worry, folks. I'm going back to the jokes in just a moment. (laughs) Let let me get this out of me first and talk about feminism and then not going to talk about Again. Nobody wants a sermon. They can go somewhere right. else to have that, which is why I do a two-hour show. I mean, if we I have a... to be careful not to preach. Oh no, it's it, right. It's, well, I mean, I don't have to tell you. I'm. I'm just saying. You should be t- telling me about that. 
That's what Facebook has become. It's become yeah, this strident, oh this strident arena of vitriol. Oh. I mean, you know, I happen to take a picture of uh, a radioactive sign on the front of this monster truck in a frozen parking lot in Grand Prairie, and I said, "Geez, I hope Buddy driving this vehicle to the toxic oil patch has a lead pillow under his chair," <laughs> and they went crazy. So I. So this is Ron James. We're going to hear more from him after the break. He's going to be uh, doing his New Year's Eve special once again on CBC. And uh, we can't wait. Uh, we'll talk more with him on um, Inside Jokes, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you are listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes, Pants Optional. Inside Jokes. It's all about comedy. That's what we do here. And of course, we would have somebody like Ron James here, who is a staple of comedy in Canada. And I think when we think of comedy in Canada, we do think of Ron James, all the specials on CBC and yeah. uh, television shows, Ron. And uh, I'll tell you, though, ironically, it was chasing the American dream in the early 90s that sired my Canadian one. And I was down there for three years. Uh, I went down to do a series with Ronnie Howard's company uh, called My Talk Show. It was cool. created by Yeah, it was created by two very talented women at Second City where I started. Uh, Are women Mc- funny? Yeah, very much so. Okay. These, you know. Just checking. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't. You don't see a difference? You've worked with Not at all. I, yeah. yeah. I'm not I mean, trying to be that woman. Yeah, well, Deb McGrath. That's not why I'm asking. Well, Deb McGrath's one of the funniest women I ever met. Yeah. And uh, my daughters kill me, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're very funny and their mother's funny. Uh, so, look, uh, and I work with an awful lot of funny women in um, uh, in my series. I mean, they're pound for pound. I mean, it's not even an issue. It's like, are you funny or aren't you? Period. Yeah. Anyway, Deb McGrath and Linda Cash created this series called My Talk Show. Uh, we went down, we did it. Uh, make a long story short, uh, we were. It, it was syndicated. We were in Newsweek on Tuesday. Uh, this is the show to watch this season. Wow. We were, we were canceled on Thursday, and on Monday I was pulling a tree out of Robert Urich's front yard <laughs> with my buddy's pool digging company. <laughs> Robert so, Urich. Yeah, and so for a I year, and, for a year and two months, uh, I was out of work, and uh, just to stay sane, I was going to auditions. I wasn't a comedian then; I was an actor, and so I was going to auditions. And I used to head up to uh, amateur nights at Ventura Boulevard coffee houses, and I wasn't doing stand up; I was just reading my prose. That eventually became Up and Down in Shaky Town, my first one man show, uh, that changed my life when I got back to Canada. And, uh, I mean, I shared the stage with the illegitimate spawn of the Manson clan, you know, who used to wander down from the Topanga Canyon Warrens looking for the love that Charlie never gave. So, you know, I was I was in a collection of a fairly eclectic group of um, of uh, of lost souls chasing uh, a piece of the uh, American dream. And um, they told me when I was reading these stories about hitting the wall in of reality in Los Angeles versus the celluloid one I saw as a as a kid when we'd go to movies that uh, I had something there. They liked my stuff, so I came home and I wrote about it and I put it up at the theater and then I started Amateur Night wow. at Laugh Resort again. I love Laugh Resort. That's where I did Amateur Night. Wasn't so, it a great room? What? Yeah, on Lombard Street, which yeah. is now uh, yeah. a second. And there were great think- comedians there yeah. too. I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> at Irwin Barker, Tim Steves, uh, Barry Kennedy. Yeah, uh, Simon Rakov, uh, and uh, you should get Simon in here. He's been in the oh, business yeah, a long, great. long time. He's one of the la- him and Wilmot. We got to get in here. And uh, yeah. anyway, uh, it was a great place to learn my craft. And I'd already gone through Second City, and I'd already chased the Los Angeles dream. So I didn't want to go back there. I wanted to make it work here. So putting five years in at the Laugh Resort, and and honest to God, um, rediscovering 
my voice, you know, and uh, your identity, your comic well, you identity. Know, coming back from, uh, you, you know, uh, when I was in Second City, it was always so American focused and uh, be, it had its genesis in Chicago and it was very Toronto centric yeah. and it was great training for me. I mean, I learned great standards there in Second City. Yeah. And uh, what was good uh, about that, uh, good and bad, is you had people telling you not to do that. Right. Or you'd go backstage and you'd get the stink eye from three of them for up a scene, which got on my nerves after a while. So I eventually got the boot. It wasn't for me. Uh, But I put up three shows there and I learned the art of structure and comedy and stage presence and all those necessary things you learn for 350 bucks a week. I said, (laughs) I mean, and I started in the touring company. I loved it there because it was less political and people weren't all driven by fame. I mean, when we were in the touring company in Second City, we used to drive the 400 on Wednesdays and Saturdays in a van and we'd jump in, put our Sony Walkmans on. And (laughs) I mean, we were paid at Dickens, you know, we were paid a Dickensian wage. I mean, we were paid in a bag of russets and a Dixie cup of our own. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just a, it was just a savage run. However, let me say that in its genesis and, and, and in, its, in its beginning and in its wonderful discoveries of, uh, yeah, man, I can do this. You know, yes, this is what I got to do. And, you, you know, you tuck, you, you tuck compliments and collateral away that can sustain you over time. I remember I did a film once years and years ago with, um, uh, oh my gosh, Art Carney. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, I had a scene with Honey him and, and an actor at the time, uh, Chris Makepeace, who was very popular in yes, the day. I had a crush on yeah. him. Yeah, well, Chris was a nice guy. And Art Carney, I came into the, the- uh, I came into the Winnie and Art looked at me and he said, uh, Hey, I saw the rushes yesterday. You're really, really funny. <laughs> and uh, after I did that movie, I did a couple of films. I was out of work. I struggled for like 10 years, never knowing where rent was coming from. And then you remember these things. You tuck these things away as validation on the journey. They're like, they're mm-hmm. like uh, mentors that you meet along the road as you follow your bliss, which is why everybody in this game should read Hero of a Thousand Faces mm-hmm. without getting too messianic and wacky about it. But mm-hmm. it's all a victory in baby steps, and nothing happens overnight, and celebrity culture has so distorted yeah. uh, the nature of the work and the nature of art and the beautiful reward of being able to make sense of this confusing planet and lifelong run on your own terms, share it with people, yeah. and see them laugh. And see them laugh. Yeah. I mean, that is so fundamentally rewarding we in itself. It's like connection. That, it's like that great moment in Seinfeld's, uh, Seinfeld's uh, film several years ago when that obnoxious twerp, uh, what's his name? The B story. Uh, oh, he's he's um, whining about not being famous enough. Yeah, and Seinfeld, yeah. Adams? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. And I eventually saw that Just for Laughs ran him in an act. And I thought, oh, yeah, come yeah. on. That's shit, right. This year. Oh, buddy, come on. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was whining well, yeah. about not being famous enough. And Seinfeld yeah. says, aren't you doing what you love? Yeah. And, you know, like, sure, down, not man. everybody's going to get a Learjet, but you know what? You might get a full theater. And an epiphany for me was around the tip of Lake Superior, same night as the Super Bowl, uh, oh. 1999. Oh. I'm playing Manitowage, an iron gold mining town. Yeah. And I oh, had I a theater with 250 people filled, and they laughed. And the last 20 minutes, I don't remember what I said. So if you can get in the pocket <laughs> and if you can be rewarded uh, and get that soul, hum by being on your feet that quintessential soul hum yeah. that nothing else takes the place right. of other than the birth of your children and raising them right. properly hopefully um, it's it's everything I love it Ron James here on Inside Jokes more after the break Global News Radio 640 Toronto
Ed the Sock. You're listening to Sandra Carusi on Inside Jokes. Inside Jokes with uh, Ron James. So blessed to have him here. We're on a great run here. Dean, go. Well, whenever I think about your career, and not to, I'm not blowing smoke or anything, but whenever I think of your career, because you are synonymous with Canadian comedy, you're yeah, one of the sure. very few that's a household first name, top of mind 100%. name in Canadian comedy, right? Yeah, thank you. And I always think of... Two bands, Tragically Hip and Blue Rodeo. How about that? They had boy, the same boy. start. That's why. That's they went right. to the States. Nobody was biting. They had this thing that Americans just weren't grabbing onto. They came home and they became Canada's soundtrack, right? Arguably both of those bands. And I always think of you in terms of comedy. You came home for a reason, and now you are Canadian comedy. Well, uh, thank you. I, I uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I have the... Uh... <laughs> I don't think I have the bank account that Dave <laughs> Rodeo and, yeah. and those guys do. But you know what? It's funny you'd bring that up. I ran into Jim Cuddy and his and his sons at the airport when I was starting my tour. Right. And I was talking to him about uh, about the country and traveling it in wintertime. And he got this... He got this glow in his face. He goes, don't you love it? I said, yeah, I love it. I was talking to him about having to do a radio interview at 7 a.m. in the morning in Calgary one time, uh, and uh, uh, it was minus 40. Yeah. Uh, that's where Celsius and Fahrenheit meet. <laughs> and uh, Calgary commuters uh, uh, blew out of this frigid dawn, <sighs> looking like some uh, 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 some band of riders from a Nordic hell come from a day of reckoning. They had these uh, foot-long snot popsicles hanging off. <laughs> <laughs> They're hanging off ice crusty beards. And I thought this I is it. it. This is the dream. This and is the we dream. and we had a laugh about that, but you know, you gotta love the adventure. Yeah, well, and you talk about before the break feeding the soul and how important and Orny Adams, I'm not famous yet. And there's a big difference, and this is what social media ruined for everyone, is the need to be famous. And some people who don't even have a talent no. but want to be famous. I spoke at Second City a couple of years ago, and one kid there, uh, is there a, is YouTube good for your career? And I said, listen, man, you got a five-minute famous piece on YouTube. Congratulations. But when you're booked in a club, you're still going to have to do your 45 minutes, That's buddy. Right. So, look, the, the fundamentally and elementally, this hasn't changed since uh, Buddy put a bowl in front of his feet and did an imitation of a cross-eyed king uh, during market day at the Village Square. <laughs> it really, you, you got to hold the room. You got to hold the you room. You got to hold the room. There is no middle ground. You can be as famous as you want on television. Yep. Five minutes in front of the microphone, three minutes, five minutes in front of that microphone, you better deliver. Live audience, baby. The, the bogus promise of fame might bring him into the theater, but at the end of the day, are they leaving feeling like they got their money's worth and satisfied? And look, this uh, might be the end of not the end, but this is going to seriously affect comedy because there's a lot of falsehoods happening. These people who have big following on social media who bring it to a live audience don't deliver in live audiences. Are they are we do we need to be worried? Ron? It, it's easy to lie to an audience now on those platforms. No, no, but sure li is, our yeah. live audience is going to leave and go. I'm not going to go to I don't no. want to see a live com comedian oh, anymore. Well, I mean, there's some speculation that, you know, sooner or later, the comedian's just going to be a hologram at your kitchen table right uh. within 10 years and you won't even have to go to the room. But nothing <laughs> takes the place. And this is where community wins. This is where in a day of screens uh, of, of rampant uh, social media and disengagement from community, okay? To see, and this is, to see people in a room and to have people in a room grunting and snorting and enjoying an evening together, mm. they know it's authentic. They know it's different. And I thank them. I say thank you very much for coming to see where comedy sings the loudest live. <clears throat> Netflix good. is good, but nothing takes the place that's of this. That's right. Yeah. And look, that's I, why you shouldn't. And and here's another thing. You know, I I, I was always 
you know, you'd always get that little jaundice thing that, you know, from somebody that, uh, I don't know whether it was jealousy or contempt or what, but, uh, you know, Ron's got to start his shows at 7.30 because his audience is so old, they got to go <laughs> and go to bed early. And I said, well, you know, 50 bucks uh, for a ticket buys the same from a 50-year-old as it does from... You know, a 20-year-old. And another thing, too, you know, 1,500 people laughing at the Windspear Center in a snowstorm sounds exactly the same as 1,500 people laughing in Los Angeles oh, when it's warm. And when you when you begin to relate to the pure joy and substance of the work rather than where it's going to get you. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I had a great That's time. That's such and, an important quote. But, but, Just, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks. I, I had a great time in the writing room with uh, my buddies, you know, uh, the head writer was Gary Campbell, who has his own series on now. There was yeah. another writer, Mark DeAngelis, uh, who went on to win uh, uh, an Emmy Award. Scott Montgomery, Paul Polk, who I still write with, uh, Pete Zedlacker, an excellent comedian yeah. yes, in Canada. Yes. And uh, he's running his trap line now, too, with the Snowden yeah. Tour. And uh, Rebecca Kohler, of course, wrote for us for yes. a while. Teresa Pavlinik was in the room. By the way, oh, these just, people just are so tremendous so comedians just and so writers. Many. Yeah, and, and they've all gone on to uh, uh, to uh, good careers. Yeah, uh, but the politics of television and where you're going to get and how they're going to promote you and how they bounce you around the dial. I mean, it's bounced around the dial six friggin' times. Uh, it's it's not me. Uh, I I just love driving into a parking lot. And seeing the stage door with snow coming down and yeah. knowing that I got uh, 700 people in that theater wow. who have left their house in a time when everyone is held hostage to that digital crack house called yeah. Netflix. And they've come to see the show. Yeah. And this is the reward yeah. that comedians should go for. Uh, yeah. I've been fortunate enough. I started stringing my trap line across the big wide open before it got really crowded and before the American economy mm. went up in 2008 and everybody in his chihuahua started touring canada yeah i, I just want to say we're going to go to break ron james carved out his own world of comedy in this country few people have been able to do what you pulled off and uh i want to talk about that i want to ask you about um other icons like don rickles a lot of things i want to ask you yeah, after okay, the break. I, I, before we go i didn't do it all myself i started stringing my trap line initially but i have an exemplary live producer Terry McRae of Chantero okay, Productions. Nice. Terry so, McRae is great. Oh, that's so nice to recognize. He your deserves people, all your the team. accolades yeah. I can give him. Okay, we're on Inside Jokes with Ron James on Global News Radio 640. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's actually a design tip, and that is look up. I'm talking about taking advantage of the vertical space in your home. There's a lot of square footage up there above the couches and tables. That could mean adding shelves and colorful wall-mounted cabinets of different sizes, stacking your paintings or artwork in an interesting arrangement, changing your floor lamp to wall-mounted lighting. Not only will it add some character to your space, it's also quite functional. Call or email me today. I can help you. They can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Inside Jokes, all about comedy. And so that's why, of course, we have to have Ron James here. 
Of course. What are you talking about? The guy Thank was you. on Global News on Global when it was owned by someone. Izzy. Five owners. Asper. Izzy. Five yeah. owners ago. Yeah. So um, a lot has been going on in the world of entertainment. Right. And what I can't believe is happening is with these accusations, how quickly the guys are being charged. I know there's still court cases to come, uh-huh. but things are moving. I think the industry was tired of this stuff going well, on. It's a tectonic shift, right? Yes. It's a tectonic shift. And Colossal. Of course, well, and of course, um, you know, the mutant that's in the White House, uh, I mean, he has uh, he has set the standard for aberration and for, uh, yeah. you, you know, I feel for, sorry for Melania, the poor woman. Ah. So, look, the point of the matter is this, that tectonic sh- ch- change, mm-hmm. uh, as far as society is concerned, uh, takes its own momentum. And uh, this is a roller coaster that is just uh, on full speed. It's a runaway train. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely about time. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely about time it it occurred. And uh, I believe this is the beginning of a a better day. It has to be. And uh, if Trump gets impeached and if every man who abuses his power uh, suffers as a result, then um, it'll be a better world. Mm -hmm. That's all. Women deserve uh, uh, far more respect than these um, malignant aberrations. Uh, they're toxic abscesses. Remove them. Enough. Dustin Hoffman, what's happening? Everybody, it's well, dropping. Cleaning, cleaning house. Okay, yeah. so um, Ron James, uh, you're even writing a book. We're going to see that in 2019. That's kind yeah. of exciting. It's called All Over the Map. It's uh, with Random House, and it's about, uh, you know, where I'm from, where, I'm, where I've been, and where I'm going. But mostly going it's at? my anti-fame book. It's about embracing the virtues of people and place clear across the big wide open and and yeah. how there's rewards beyond the bogus pursuit of fame and and being prostate at the altar of celebrity culture. This is the biggest message I love that you said, and I think as the person who's been in this industry so long in this country, is this we've got to stop and teach our children to stop pursuing fame and do it for the art form uh, because you will not get fame Look at these gigantic two-page color ads in uh, Now Magazine that Just for Last has the money right. to, uh, you know, to promote. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, a federal funding, uh, Quebec provincial funding is a cultural institution, uh, and uh, sponsorship by Media Media Empires. And there wasn't one. There wasn't one Canadian's picture. Not one. I'm starting to sound like Stompin' Tom in the 1970s. But there wasn't one Canadian's picture in that color pullout. Let me be devil's advocate. We had Canadian names. Yeah. Fine and dandy. Squinty print. Uh, Devil's advocate on that. Um, By bringing Kevin Hart in, we're bringing bigger audiences who would never be exposed to Santa Cruz. Baloney. Baloney. Really? Baloney. Why? Because she's going to be. Why don't they take her in a one-woman show across the country? Yeah. If they if they took Canadians into the states as aggressively as they bring foreign acts into Canada, that's my argument. Yeah. And it's always been my argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had the good fortune. I had the good fortune to have an honest producer mm-hmm. and to be able to not that just for laughs is dishonest, but you know, I didn't want to make a pauper's wage. Mm-hmm. I didn't want those guys. I didn't want them. I didn't want any company, any uh, with all due respect to all of them, I'd been through Second City. Mm-hmm. I'd worked for a Dickensian wage. I'd worked for Yucks. I learned a great deal. Yeah. I worked for Just for Laughs. But I didn't want any of these people being responsible for feeding me and mine and for uh, having the uh, being the gatekeepers 
for me and my career. Yeah. I just wanted to do my show and embrace this country on my own terms mm-hmm. and give the audience who come to see me uh, uh, an honest bang for their buck for a two-hour or longer show. I and I didn't want to have to be always prostate at their altar with my handout because you know what? There's the shelf life, and there's a lot of guys who toured with them who aren't touring with them anymore. Yeah. And I hope that other comedians very impressive, get the same chance yeah. that I did to work uh, outside that monopoly. But you did that. Amen. And now for your weekly listings. Don't miss Ron James' The High Road, New Year's special. This New Year's Eve at 9 p.m. on CBC. Hi there, I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chatto, and we're from the comedy troupe, The Frantics. You might remember us from our long-running CBC radio show, Frantic Times, or our TV show, The Frantics, Four on the Floor. Over the years, we have recorded hundreds of our comedy shows, and now... Thanks to modern technology... We have assembled the very best bits and started a podcast we call The Best of Frantic Times. It is, and it's free. Find us on the Google, just search The Frantics Podcast, and start downloading the best of frantic times. Boot to the head! To the head! And now for your Comedy RX, this week featuring Ron James. Our entire world has been transformed by technology overnight. It's made isolation far more acceptable. For the first time in history, there are more single-person households in Canada than any other kind. And according to the census, the main reason women live alone is that women no longer need men. The main reason men live alone is that women no longer need men. (laughs) We're all gawking at screens 24-7. It's called the attention economy. A battle for your eyeballs. Because when we watch, corporations make money. Now TV news is one big tease to keep you glued to the tube. Coming up after the break, we'll tell you which beloved 80s child star was found dead in the ball pit of a Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) You know, you want to turn it off and get on with your day, but then you think, geez, I hope it's not that kid from Punky Brewster. (laughs) A friend of mine invested in marijuana stocks and profits went through the roof. Said it was the best dope deal he ever made. (laughs) Our government stands to get a huge piece of that pie. Tax on grass could bring in $5 billion annually. Geez, if they can monopolize the market on munchies, we'll be debt-free by 2019. So thank you, Ron James. New Year's Eve. Check it out on CBC 9 o'clock. I'm Santa Cruzzi with Dean Young. Thanks to the team here. And stay tuned for the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.